welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Come on, are you ready for today? Yeah. Who loves you some Jesus? I love that. I love Aaron asks you that every week because the truth is, is that is what keeps us going. That is our fuel to our fire. Come on. Amen. And so we're going to have to wake up today. I heard Ryan say it a little earlier, like, man, it's just, you're struggling. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, and I know that, man, we're, we got to press in a little differently today. But I uh, believe that it's, it's more than Super Bowl Sunday, for this is the day that the Lord has made. We choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Come on. Amen. And so, oh, man, I'm amped up today because, uh, first of all, I get to start a new sermon series. That doesn't happen very often. And so uh, today we're starting a new sermon series, and Aaron asked me to, to, to have the privilege. First of all, I was supposed to be on the ski trip, and so I was a little bummed out, I'm going to be honest, but I messed up my shoulder pretty good a couple weeks ago, a few months, or about a month ago in, Chicago, or in, in Colorado, falling down a mountainside, and so I figured I probably shouldn't do it again and let it heal a little bit, so I'm trying to mature and not get my pride in the way. Amen? And so I'm here with you, and I get a share in this message, and so I don't know if you're excited, but I'm excited for you. So um, <clears throat> today we get to start a new sermon series, and it's called Warring. Everybody say Warring. Warring. You can turn down this mic. I'll just talk louder so that it's not feeding back. Cool. Um, <clears throat> so this sermon series is called Warring, and over the next few weeks, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get battle ready. Everybody say battle ready. Now, that might sound scary, and I know that, that Pastor Ryan just pushed you guys into a, a discomfort or, or maybe just a place that is unknown. But the truth is, is we are called to do life together and equip each other as the body of Christ to do the work of God. Amen? Isn't that what we're here for? I didn't hear very many. Isn't that what we're here for? Awesome. I'm glad we're on the same page. Because the truth is, is we're not called to be pew sitters, chair sitters. We are called to be the hands and feet, the body of Christ. Come on. Amen. And so we're going to get into the series. It's called Warring. And man, uh, I'm, I'm excited. You hear us talk all the time that we are not a church about these four walls. And, and <clears throat> I was explaining to somebody this week, uh, we had a guy from Focus on the Family come and he met with <clears throat> Aaron and I and a few of us in the church. And, and they're really into the seven spheres of influences and, and trying to be the, the body of Christ, the truth, the word of God in those seven spheres of influence. And if you don't know what those are, uh, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. But it's like things like government and education and media and entertainment and um, business and family. And what's the last one? can't remember, but anyway, um, <clears throat> off the top of my head. But here's the thing is, is these guys are passionate about bringing the, the word of God and the truth that we are advocates in those areas that we are, uh, we are truly ingraining ourselves in the seven spheres of influence for the advancement of the gospel. And it was such a cool meeting. But as we do so, I got to explain to them what is happening in the city of Wichita through uh, 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 this, this idea of citywide prayer. Now, in most places, in most cases, prayer is not something that is popular, but it's um, unbelievable how it's transforming our city. Amen? And it's not the power of prayer. It's the power of activation through prayer. It's using prayer as a tool to see the power of God move and rally and unify the body of Christ. Amen? And so we are not 
to, called to do this thing alone. We are called to get battle tested, battle ready, and we are doing so. And one of the things that, that I'm excited to get to set up today and to kind of share with you guys is, is through that, you guys know that we're part of a citywide um, uh, movement and just seeing churches and pastors. And for a long time, I've got to serve faithfully, full-time in, in Wichita, Kansas for the last 11 years. In the first four or five years that I was here, I was meeting with youth pastors all over the city that were constantly like, what, what denomination are you guys a part of? What denomination are you guys a part of? And that was the response I got to everything. They didn't care about rallying under the name of Jesus. They wanted to see if, if we were going to line up and be able to do events together. Well, let me tell you, the denomination walls are, are falling down. Amen? And we're seeing the body of Christ rally in unity under the name of Jesus, the centrality of Jesus. That's what it's about. It's not about building four walls and going, wow, that church is successful by this one struggling. That's not a successful church. A successful church is seeing the kingdom advancement of the unified body of Christ. Amen? And so that's what we're being called to as Reliance Community Church. I love it. And so I got to share with these, these ones that were in here. They're like, man, you guys are obviously doing something really good. We've heard so much about your church. And I said, honestly, I have no idea what we're doing, but we're... we're we're loving Jesus, okay? That's our secret sauce. And we're just going to press into loving Jesus. And from that, the overflow is, man, I don't know how we're growing. For two years, we didn't even have a sign on our building, okay? Um, and, and they laughed, and they were like, seriously? I'm like, no, legitimately, we didn't have a sign on our building for two, the last couple of years, and, uh, or a year and a half. And, and thankfully, we got those. But the truth is, is it's never about the church's name. It's about Jesus Christ, the advancement of kingdom. And so as we get into this thing, um, you guys know Sam McVeigh and Disciple Nations and these guys, and I'm hesitant on bringing up names because it's never about one name except for the name of Jesus Christ, but that's exactly what what we've been doing and seeing of the unified body, and and Sam has had a heart to call pastors together in prayer, and from that, we've seen the citywide prayer and and Wichita prayer movement, And, and so... We've been asked, and the proposal has been put out by the challenge that the the church would begin to pray like we've never prayed before. And I don't mean just like, hey, you guys pray over here for an hour, and you pray over here for an hour. That's not what we're talking about. We've been asked that literally every day for the rest of the year would be covered and saturated in prayer. And Reliance Community is going to take a part of that, and we have committed to taking 24 hours, one day a week, that we would literally be praying for this, the revival of the church and the redemption of the city. Come on. The revival of the church, that we would see the church come back to a love affair with Jesus so much that, man, we're willing to sell out. And then the redemption of the city, those who are lost being redeemed because they've already been bought with a high price, the blood of Jesus. Amen? And so that's what we're, and and, and we're saying, yes, we will do that. And so literally, we're going to take, we need those prayer warriors to come in, and we're just going to pray over the city for those two things, revival of the city, or revival of the church, and redemption of the city, revival of the church, redemption of the city, and we're going to pray that. And I don't know about you, but I think it's absolutely amazing, starting on March 1st, to think of this. From March 1st to the end of the year, somebody will be praying for those two things for the rest of the year. Tell me you don't believe God is going to move. 
Come on. We are burdened for our city to come to know the hope of Jesus, and we're done playing games. I'm ready to see the church rally behind that instead of fancy lights and fun things and and events. Don't get me wrong. Those are fun, but that's not what we're here for. We're crying out for an outpouring of God in our city, not because we want Wichita's name to be known, because we want the name of Jesus to be famous. And so we get into this thing, and I'm so excited about this series. And so Aaron goes, Matt, this is what I love Aaron to death, okay? Um, He has a lot of his dad in him a little bit. But um, (laughs) he says this. He goes, hey, I want you to start this series. Man, and just go after it. We're going to be warring together. We're going to be preparing for this March 1st thing, and we got to equip the body. We're going to go into this. He goes, by the way, I want to do a a couple-minute video to set up the series. (laughs) And I go, what, you don't think I can do it? And he's like... (laughs) No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, I'm really passionate about it. I'm like, you're saying that I'm not? He's like, never mind, just do it. And so I get to tell you guys about this series of warring and going after it. And so I've been tasked with this really simple task titled Warring in Worship. (laughs) And I'll tell you, I've been the worship pastor for this body for the last 11 years, and I'm so thankful for our worship team and, the, and truly when I say watching what God has built. I don't know if you remember, if there are those of you who, who were 11 years ago sitting in a, in a gymnasium at Explorer Elementary, and we literally had 30 people. <laughs> 30 people. We started off with a bigger group, but when we, when we you know, stopped trying to entertain and, and all of a sudden Aaron calls me and goes, hey, come do this with me. I was literally the worship team. That was it. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> um, they went from this amazing worship team to, to me. I, all I have is this guitar and not that great of a voice. And, and you know, I, I don't know, God, am I really equipped to do this? He goes, I don't, I don't know, but I'm calling you to do it. Amen. And so he begins to put this on my heart of, of what worship means and building. And, and this is what Aaron said. And I, I, I said this to Aaron when I took the job. I said, I don't know, man, if I don't feel like this is a step forward and all these things. He said, Matt, do you want to know what I've loved about you from the very beginning is your heart is pure and you can lead us to places that we've never been before. And I remember thinking, God, well, that's not, you know, that's not hard to fill. His shoes, he's putting this call on my life. I'm going, God, is this really what I'm called to? I don't know about this. What about the, the talent? What about this? What about that? And I remember faithfully dragging Krista and Doug Hall along. You remember that? And, man, they weren't exactly excited all the time. And there was a few unknowns. And it was like, I don't know. We're coming from this thing that is really established. And, man, those guys have been rooted so much. And, and Matt Castle comes and he goes, hey, I love to sing. Can I come and sing on your team? I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Uh, let me teach you how to play the bass. <laughs> and so uh, he, he's like, uh, seriously? And I'm like, no, seriously, I need a bass player. So uh, can I teach you how to play bass? And you can sing? And, and so we, we start off in this thing. And, and through time, we've seen musicians come forth. But what I love is I've, I've seen the definition of worship take heart, take hold of the heart of reliance. And this isn't by any means anything that I've done, but it's just learning truly what worship is. Come on, amen? And before we get into this, we're going to kind of Back up for just a second. Nobody is out there looking for a war. Can I get an amen? 
Nobody's out there going, man, let's just go uh, cause war, do this stuff. But the truth is, is the war of our, has already been waged. And Satan came after the, the heart of, of God. He came after the throne of God. And he, full of pride, wanted to become God. He wanted to be the one worshipped. He wanted to be the one. And pride set him to a place and he was condemned to the place of hell where he sits today. And that is his dominion. That will always be his dominion. And that's the only place he'll ever rule. And the truth is, church, is we already know the war has been won and we're victorious. And we could probably put an exclamation point there, call it good and go forth. But many of us don't operate from that place. And that's the hardest part about warring. Is we have to understand, and so I, I wrote this down. I said the key to victory is knowing this, knowing what we fight for, whom we fight for, and who we're fighting against. Come on, amen? We have to know what we're fighting for. We have to know whom we're fighting for and who we're fighting against. Ephesians 6, 11 through 12 says this, Be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Put on the... God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Many times we can't even fathom fighting against unseen rulers and authorities. We're always caught in this flesh and blood, but God is calling us to so much more, and we have to know what and whom we're fighting for and against. When Satan was filled with pride, he took over, uh, tried to take over the throne of God. The war was raged, and he was cast to the place of hell. And from the very beginning of time of creation, his goal was to come against what God had created and called good. He's a liar. Satan is a thief. He's a deceiver. And we see him trying to battle God throughout Scripture over and over again. I say trying because he, let me just be super clear. God has all authority over Satan. They're literally, it's not, it's not a war. It's not like a, oh. But I said something last week that I want to be very clear of. And, and I say this over a young generation, but it's true for all of us. Satan knows 100% that God is victorious. His battle is for individual souls. That's the only war he has. He's a liar, he's a deceiver, and his whole goal is to come against the truth of God and who he's called us to be. Amen? We are the redeemed. We've been bought with the high price, the blood of Jesus. And if you're not here for that reason, I don't know what we're doing, right? And from that... We have to know our place. We have to know our battle. We have to know where we're being called to. But Satan's goal is to battle for souls. And he's going to continue to do so until the final stamp is put on. Jesus comes back and we're, we're done. But God has this desire for all to come to know the truth of who he is. Come on. Hebrews 2, 14 through 15 says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also becomes flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. That's the only thing he's ever had. Only in this way would he, would he set free all of those who lived their lives as slave to the fear of dying. Church, it's so important that we understand whom we're fighting for, what we're fighting for, 
and whom we're fighting against. Somebody say amen. And so I want to tell us just a funny quick story is uh, three, three, three years ago or so, my son and I got into this thing called Airsoft, okay? And I don't mean just those like little plastic ones you get at Walmart, those Airsoft guns. What they are is little plastic BBs that shoot extremely hard. But I didn't realize like how intense Airsoft can be. If you guys have ever looked into it a little bit, there's actually special forces and ex-marines and ex-navy seals who travel all over the world they put together these tactical teams and they literally for days will camp out and act war and it's unbelievable and so my son and i get these really good guns okay they're so much fun they shoot hard and we're like hey we're gonna go do this thing like for real not just in our backyard so we go to this airsoft place and i have no idea what i was walking into okay I'm going, and I'm dressed basically like this, and I have like a mask and the goggles, okay? I show up. Caleb and I are literally the only ones dressed like this. Everybody else is decked out in full-out tactical gear. They have camo. They have vests. They literally have comm systems so they can talk to each other like special forces. And I'm like, Caleb, are you sure we want to do this, buddy? Like, this seems really intense. Like, I thought it was going to be like paintball where we run around and have some fun. And, man, it was crazy. We get going, and these guys are like, bravo, left, right, listen. They're just calling out these things. And we're, I'm like, I want to be on this team, you know. And, and it was so much fun. And so we get into this a little bit, and we're kind of going and digging into a little bit. And so I get this, this one of our students who graduates is like, Matt, that sounds so fun. I want to go with you. I'm like, cool, let's go. And so he goes with us, and I didn't tell him any of this stuff. And he gets there. He's in shorts and a T-shirt, and he has goggles. That's it. And uh, he's like, oh, this is going to be crazy. And this kid is awesomely just, like, bold and, like, fearless. And so he's like, what's funny is he's in the military now. I'm just going to say that. And, um, and so he's like, oh, Matt, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm like, bro, calm down. Like, this is going to get intense really quick. It's not like paintball. Like, come back. Like, these shoot 400 feet a second. You're, you'll be bleeding in no time. Just come back. And he's like, no. Like, he's amped up. So sure enough, they blow the horn. He goes running out. We're supposed to take the middle base, okay? And he goes and he runs straight out. And within 10 seconds, gets nailed five times. Runs back to the base. He's like, oh, man, you aren't kidding. That hurts a little bit. I'm like, Rose, come back, settle down. Sure enough, straight, straight beeline, straight for the thing. Get shot again, straight beeline. Five times he does this. The last time it gets so bad, okay? By this time, everybody's moved in. They're coming. And these guns are not like, they're sniper rifles. There's handguns, and they are super accurate. So there's no like sneaking around. Maybe you'll get around it. He gets lit up, no joke, 20 times in three seconds. He gets shot in the back of the neck, and he's all this stuff. And, and I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. He's standing in the middle. He throws his gun straight up in the air, puts his hands up. He's like, I'm done. And he just goes and lands. And I'm like, oh, should I follow him out or what? So I, so I let the, the match end and let him cool down. And I go back, and he's sitting on the hood of my car. And, and he just, he's like, I'm done. That hurts so bad. And he's like, there's no way to gain all this stuff. And, and I laugh and I tell that story today because many of us are trying to run into a battle unprepared and we're sitting there getting mauled and we say we're not strong enough and we're not good enough and we get discouraged and we throw these weapons down and we say, I've lost. But the truth is, is God is calling us into something so much more. 
And so today I get to talk to you about worship. And so I, I want to be super clear on some things today. And so I'm going to maybe over explain some stuff and maybe not. But I want to start with defining what worship is and what worship isn't. Okay, what worship is and what worship isn't. Simply put, worship is our response to who God is. Come on, amen? Worship is our response to who God is. We can try to complicate it and wrap it into so many things, but worship is worth. It is an expression of our endearment to God. When we look at the biblical expression of worship in the original language, in the original text, I'm not even going to try to pronunciate the word, but it literally means to bow and put your face to the ground. Bow and put your face to the ground. And if we look at the many different forms of this word, we have one word, worship, and in the Greek there's many, but it means this, um, to bow down and give adoration, to bow down and put your face to the ground, to bless, to express honor, respect, and submission to a superior. That is what worship means. When we worship, we adjust our lives. I love this. When, real quick to back up. The, the word in English, when we translate it back to the, the word that we've come about, it literally means to ascribe worth unto. To ascribe worth, ascribe worth unto. When we worship, we adjust our lives to accommodate that, that in which we find value. Do you hear that? Worship can be expressed just like that. To adjust and accommodate our lives to which we find value. Let me just be clear with this. Worship is not a genre of music. Worship is not music at all. Worship is not a fuzzy feeling. And worship was not meant to be a tool to defeat the darkness. Now, that last one might be a little sketchy and, and you're going wait a second we're talking about war and we're talking about weapons and you're saying it's not a tool to defeat darkness i want to be clear on something but i, I want to back up first let's just say this you are made to worship amen as we gathered around this morning we're praying and literally over and over again i heard people say god i pray that you would come in a heart that you would break the hardness around hearts and you would allow us to have the revelation that we were made for your purpose for worship that's it that's who we are that's what we were made for if we were made without worship without the purpose we would have no purpose we are made to worship literally everybody is a worshiper god made us that way he made us in his image we are made to worship and this is why if you go to a place that is an unreached place a people group a secluded group in in the amazon they are worshiping something they're worshiping a demigod. They're worshiping idols. They're worshiping something because the truth is, is we are made in three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Body is our physical. Soul is our character. Spirit is what longs for God, what cries out. And it's why everybody is constantly reaching, constantly seeking, because we are made in those three parts. And so I want to clarify a couple things. God delights in our worship. Scripture tells us that he inhabits the praises of his people. Come on. He inhabits. He literally takes home, takes home in our praises. But if he inhabits the praises of a people, he also inhabits the praiser. Come on, amen? 
he inhabits the praiser. And so we have to understand that we were made to worship. And if I take the definition that I gave you just a second ago, that we adjust our lives to accommodate in which we find value, we worship a lot of things. We worship money. We worship people. We worship power. We worship fill in the blank. We worship sports. We adjust our lives to accommodate in which we find value. Some of us literally will wake up at 4 a.m. and go to the gym and have the gumption to say, God, I don't have time for you today. Whew. Some of us will literally, we know every stat you could ever imagine about sports team, but we couldn't rattle off two scripture voices from the word of God. And we're under, we don't understand why we run into battle and we're, we're feeling overwhelmed. It's because we're called into something more. We're called in to be worshipers in the contents of God said, how he said. And so I just said something a minute ago that, that I, I want to bring clarity to is worship was not meant to be a tool to defeat darkness. And this is, this is why. <laughs> how silly would it be? I just use the word Darkness. I don't like the dark. Satan, you're the, the, the god of dark. You're the, you're the one of, of darkness. I don't like you. And because of that, I'm going to turn to Jesus. Or, no, God, you are the essence of light. You are the light and you expose darkness. So I'm going to worship you for that. Do you guys get the difference here? If I'm sitting here and just looking at darkness all the time, and so I, I don't like darkness, so I'm going to wave my finger in Jesus' face and worship because of Satan, or no, because I worship because God is victorious. He is light, and light triumphs over darkness, and so I'm going to worship light because it exposes darkness. That's the power of worship. We don't worship to defeat darkness. We worship because God is light. He is good. He is worthy of my praise. And because of that, he defeats darkness. Come on. I don't worship God because I'm fearful of Satan. I worship God because he's good and gave me new life. And he redeemed my soul. And he put back my brokenness. I'm going to call the worship team. Up and we're going to do something a little different today. I just defined what worship is and what worship isn't to you guys. And church... I believe that God is wanting to equip us more. I believe he's wanting to take us to places that are unknown, that we're not sitting on the, the edge in comfort and we're, we're just doing the things that we normally do. I believe that God wants to truly be honored in the way we worship, to bow down to an adoration, to give our lives to. And so we're going to worship together for a little bit, and I'm going to come back up and, and challenge and, and a little bit more of a, a, a warring mentality, but... The truth is, is we can't war if we don't know who and whom we're fighting for. Amen? Let me ask you this. By a show of hands, I'm asking you to raise your hands. Do you believe God is worthy this morning? Do you believe he's worthy enough for your life 100% surrendered? Okay? I believe in every ounce of my body that I believe that. God's faithfulness. Amen? You know, I, I share stories a lot because it's part of our testimony. And uh, I'll never forget, never forget the first time 
the Holy Spirit fell upon me. It was in a time where I was broken and surrendered before the Lord, literally crying out, absolute mess. 16 years old, my life was just running every ounce for me. And I'll never forget, it just surrendered, a life surrendered. And the power of the position of putting our face to the ground and letting God restore us. I don't have time for this whole story, but I do want to get into it just for a second. As, as, as we're talking about this warring, this idea of God just going on our behalf, and it's the story of King Jehoshaphat. I'm just going to paraphrase this first part, but King Jehoshaphat was, he's, he's told that the, the armies of, I can't remember, I can't pronounce them half the time, the Moabites, Ammonites, and the Meunites, a lot of ites, declared war on Jehoshaphat. The messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you beyond the Dead Sea. They are already um, almost here. This is what another, uh, and then it says, Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news and begged the Lord for guidance. It says that God, that Jehoshaphat cried out, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler over all the kingdoms of earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Verse 13, it says, All the men of Judah stood before the Lord, and there were little ones, wives, and children. The Spirit of the Lord came upon the man standing there. His name was Jezehiel, son of Zechariah, and sons of a lot of other guys that I can't pronounce. And then verse 15, it says, He said, Listen, all of you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says, Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by the mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but it is God's. Tomorrow, march against them. In verse 17, it says, you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Verse 18, it says, then King Jehoshaphat bowed low and put his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the exact same thing worshiping the Lord it says then the Levites from the clans of people <laughs> stood to praise the Lord the God of Israel with very loud shout they praised him early the next morning the army of Judah went on to out into the wilderness of Tekoa on the way Jehoshaphat stopped and said to said listen to me all you people of Judah and Jerusalem believe me in the, the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm believe in his prophets and you will succeed after consulting the people listen to this the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army singing to the Lord and praising him for the holy splendor this is what they sing listen to this give thanks for the Lord his faithful love will endure forever Verse 22, absolutely amazed me. It says, at the very moment that it began to sing and give God praise, the Lord God caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and, and Mount Seir to start fighting against themselves. And we read the rest, and it says this, not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Come on. Church, will we praise God? Would we praise God? I believe that we, we honor who he is and it awakens this man of God, this man of love, 
who goes and fights the battles for us. Ryan said in here earlier, man, there's, there's some of you who are struggling with depression and it has literally overtaken you. You're trying to put on a mask every single day and it's just overwhelming. Let me tell you, it's not your battle. Some of you, man, you're just, your marriages are being attacked in our church and throughout this nation like I've never seen before. Christians, the model of, of Jesus, are supposed to be honoring and, and, and loving each other. We can't even bring our homes to unity and, and, and Satan's trying to divide, to deceive because he's a father of lies. That's all he does. Let me tell you this morning, I believe God wants to fight your battle, 100%. But what I love is it says this, King Jehoshaphat fell to the ground put his face, bowed down and put his face into the ground and he, be declared, he started to declare who the Lord was. He started to praise his name. And it says this, the people followed. Church, this is my challenge to you. If you want to be a warring, you want to be a, a man of God or a daughter of God and you want to walk in your kingdom purpose, we have to begin to walk by example. Amen? And we cannot be fearful. If your kids have never seen you face down before the Lord, there's something wrong. Because we're supposed to model what worship is. We're supposed to model what worship can be. We prayed in this room that God would break the hardness of hearts today and that we would receive a true heart of worship in this place. And when we begin to have this true heart of worship, I believe that it activates God. It's like the easy button from Staples. You like activate God and he just goes out and fierce and zeal is what, what scripture says. He's activated with his zeal and he fights his enemies and there's none that can stand against him is what it says in Isaiah 42. That's, a, that's amazing. And so as we begin to get into this, this series, we cannot try to war by our own efforts. We war by the power of God, by praising who he is and knowing who we're fighting for. Amen? And so we're going we're gonna to close out with this one song. But church, I just want, I want to call you into action. I want to call you into this place of surrender. I know there's some people in here who've literally never been on their knees before, on their face before, because you're afraid of what somebody might think or, or that you might be weak, but Scripture tells us where we're weak, He's made strong. That's how we fight our battles, by surrender. It's literally what we're called to. It's our spiritual act of worship. Doesn't make any sense, but none of this makes sense. Who in the world? How, how, does, how do these guys, they, they send the, the worshipers, they send the worshipers going out praising the holy name of God. Think about this. To go before the ones with the weapons that we think are going to win the battle. They start declaring it by mouth who God is and victory in God, and the armies begin to turn against each other, and they did not. Not one enemy stood after that. Come on. And then we're going, wow, that's crazy. That's a weird story. And then we see it again in the, the walls of Jericho, marching around seven days, blowing trumpets, and all of a sudden they fall down. What? And then we see it again in Gideon, and we're like, this is crazy. God, you take this huge army, and you said, no, you want glory, and you bring it down from 300,000 to 30,000 to 3,000 to 300 of the worst of the worst that lapped like dogs, 
and, 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 and the whole time Gideon's like, I don't know about this, God. This seems weird. And this is how Gideon gets his courage. Listen to this. This is crazy. He gets a dream in the middle of the night of bread rolling down a hill and crushing the army. Okay, that gave me courage. Let's go, right? That's insane. And this is what he does. They wake up and they throw the pitchers of clay on the ground. They start blowing their trumpets and everybody gets scared, turns against each other and kills each other. Tell me that God doesn't want to fight battles in this place. The truth is, is he wants obedience. He wants those who will worship in spirit and truth. He wants those who will bow down and give their lives to him and declare who he is because we were made for that purpose. Not the rocks, not for creation. We were made to praise the name of God. And so church, we're going to come up here. We're going to declare praise in this place. We're going to pray and we're going to declare that he's going to fight the battle of Wichita. He's going to fight against the, 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 the oppression of drugs. And he's going to fight against um, the spiritual warfare that we don't even see. He's going to be the one that is fighting the battles in South Wichita from the prostitutes who think that that is their self-worth. But he has called them daughters of Christ. And he's redeemed them and making them new. Come on. That's what he does. That's who he is. And so we're going to prepare for battle. We're going to be battle ready on our knees and on our faces. Come on, let's do this. Father, we just praise your name. Every tongue, every nation, Father, every knee will bow and declare that you are Lord. And Father, that is what worship is. Father, praising your name. It is just this, man, it's this literally our reaction to your goodness, God. And so we just fall on our faces today, God. We stand in awe of you. And we declare that, God, this is how we fight. This is how we fight, God, knowing whom we're fighting for and why we're fighting, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness, God. We thank you that you're faithful in so many ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.